May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, from being a born-again fellow of Oriol to becoming a cardinal, John Henry Newman's personal breadth and depth of the Christian faith has challenged all along its theological spectrum to examine their dearly held doctrine long before the ordinariate and long since he converted from Anglicanism to Catholicism in 1846. Newman knew what it was to change one's mind from one end of a spectrum to another. He knew what it was to be unafraid of religious confluence, of the true unity of profoundly distinct rivers of theology, allowing wisdom and truth not only to speak to him, but emboldening him to publicly voice them so that others might examine their own particular brand of dogma honestly. As uncomfortable with the doctrine of papal infallibility as he was with Calvinistic penal substitution, Newman was called many things, although my personal favourite is High Anglican Agitator, which is some accolade for a man who self-confessedly experienced such an intimate personal conversion to Christ that he declared that his reality of the divine relationship was as real to him as his own hands and feet, and I have no doubt, as the same as his love for Ambrose. He was a pilgrim of faith who truly lived out his own maxim, we can believe what we choose. We are answerable for what we choose to believe. And that is as true socially and politically as it is theologically. I can just imagine Hilda Ogden hearing about the latest twist or turn of his spiritual journey, hitching her bosom and saying, Tractarian, Roman Catholic, I'll give him a movement. He wants to think on and look sharp. (laughs) Hilda Ogden commenting on the canonised, standing in these hallowed halls. I don't name drop Hilda Ogden lightly. Coronation Street really does exist. It's on the edge of an estate called Odsall, just opposite Salford Quays, where I work in Media City, UK, with the BBC, Salford University, and over 75 other media-related businesses operating from state-of-the-art buildings, bulging at the seams, with some of the largest television studios in Europe, broadcasting using all of the latest technologies. The new Coronation Street is being built just on the opposite side of the river, and all the attendant wealth and glamour has landed slap-bang in the centre of one of the most deprived areas of the United Kingdom. The real Coronation Street was the inspiration for the soap opera, and Media City falls within the boundaries of St Clement's Odsall, where people just like Hilda and Stan Ogden, Tracy Barlow, Marcus Dent, the Websters and Hayley Cropper really do live. At the anchor, funded by the Church Urban Fund, as well as the Anglican Church, we provide skills-based volunteering opportunities for people who have lived in the surrounding areas most of their lives, having watched something wonderful being built for incomers right on their doorstep, something that they really struggle to access for themselves. And now, to the terrible scripture so beautifully read, I might add, And are these words not terrible indeed? For as much, therefore, as your treading is upon the poor, and ye take from him burdens of wheat, ye have built houses of hewn stone, but ye shall not dwell in them. 
Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. In such an environment, there's a key element to my role, as well, obviously, as being partially available to all who live, work, study, or even visit Media City UK, we are beginning to generate a sense of integrated community, or koinonia. We're enabling faith to be an intrinsic part of that, as we name the movement of the Spirit as she brings new life to these crucified communities. It's no more than the Ministry of Reconciliation to which all priests, including the priesthood of all believers, are called to build bridges between the haves and the have-nots, the educated and the illiterate, the media savvy and the soap surfers, between people of all faiths and none, and (coughs) even between the media and people of faith. It's no small task. Indeed, each sector poses significant challenges, but one in particular resonates this evening with the prophet's rebuke. Seek good and not evil, that ye may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. But charity, beginning at home, can be a most uncomfortable place to be. One has to learn to listen beyond the swearing and the raised voices and dig down through the pain of exclusion, finding words to help that person translate their acting out into more cathartic healing modes of expression, or even simply, to use Newman's words, learning to act on what we have, since we have not what we wish. It's all too easy to succumb to one's own socio-political value judgments, decrying those who would spend one's taxes on cigarettes and alcohol, spluttering that they should jolly well spend it on good living, refusing to facilitate such a lifestyle, bypassing the big issue seller as we pop out for PIMS. But, as you and I both know, being brought up in a household of smokers on an estate where alcoholism is rife, as is domestic violence, Growing up in a place where four-letter words are used as terms of endearment, never mind a good telling off, means that these modes of communication, behaviour and living are hard-wired into the children. They are not trying to be, nor do they think they are being, offensive. This is their reality, their normality. Oddsall sits in the bottom 5% of the socio-economic deprivation in the country and is likely to remain there unless we continue to do all that we can to enable these people to access the plenty that has just landed across the road from their two up, two downs and their council houses. Because compared to people in the developing world without food on the table or social, political and economic rights, these people watching Sky Television with a cigarette in one hand and a remote control in the other can seem to be comparatively rich. They appear to have choices But I ask you, do they? Do they really? Could you or I be where we are now or continue on our journeys without the unmerited gifts or backgrounds by which we have been blessed? We never hear of Matthias again, but I wonder about Barabbas, how is he feeling? Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord saith thus, wailing shall be in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, alas, alas, And they shall call to the husbandmen to mourning, and such as are skilful of lamentation, to wailing, 
and in all vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him, shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? It seems that perhaps we may be living in some such days as we pay the price for borrowing billions to look wealthier than we really are, as a very few skim the cream from the top of the economy, while many find their basic outgoings far exceed their income, or that the milk has run dry altogether. People, having worked hard in factories, on forecourts or at tills their entire lives, finding that their pensions are reduced to unprecedented levels of poverty, having expected to be able to put food on their tables without working at B&Q until they've attained their three-score years and ten, should their bodies hold out. Young girls, especially on these estates, are without believable role models or aspirations, other than to disfigure their own bodies, fueling one of the most virulent and, dare I say, unethical industries on the planet. The young men in Salford grow up with the sole ambition of being the bad man. That's right, the man that people are most afraid of. The man who can make things happen, because if you're not the bad man, then you need to be afraid of the one who is. He can make money without ever setting his alarm or subjecting himself to the humiliation and boredom of a mindless job and the smart retorts of even smarter clientele. Fear, loss, bullying, pointlessness, social subservience, lack of vision or ambition, being pushed to generate more and more for less and less, while somebody, somewhere, keeps their offshore accounts just out of reach of the taxman. Is it any wonder anger thrums on the air? It is merely survival, and often the survival of another generation perpetuating that which has gone before, normalising the depths of a quiet despair that so many live with on a day-to-day -day basis, that explodes into the sorts of gun violence and riots that sparked fellow Christian Friedrich Engels' vocation when he wrote the condition of the working class in England from Weist, an area immediately adjoining Media City UK and through which I cycle to work every day. It's not half a mile from where last year's riots, echoing those which provoked the riot damage under Riot Act of 1886, during Marx, Engels and Mary Burns' political activism, just down the road from where we are over a century ago. Engels prophetically wrote of the grim future of capitalism and the industrial age in relation to working-class families and the poverty to which they were consigned. In these days, it's so much easier to claim that our welfare system mops people up rather than wade into the sort of environments where you likely will be sworn at, insulted, perhaps even face downright aggression and inverse snobbery at its most bitter. Why should people be grateful to those who by accident of birth seem to have so much more and who then expect them to live up to standards that they've never even experienced, never mind attained? Engels described them as a class which bears all the disadvantages of the social order without enjoying its advantages. 
Who can demand that such a class respect this social order? To the terrible scripture we must turn our eyes and are these words not terrible indeed? I hate, I despise your feast days and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let justice roll down as the waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Perhaps now is the time to consider that within our gift, not just the academic abilities with which we have been blessed or our time here in these sacred spaces. For as Newman wrote, I sought to hear the voice of God and climb the topmost steeple, but God declared, go down again. I dwell among the people. It's profoundly exemplified in our ascended Lord who was incarnate for our sakes. And today as we continue to celebrate the ascension of Christ, passing the baton of the love of God into our hands, just as it passed into Matthias, we must remember that wherever there is still life and human need, the Spirit of God still calls and equips those, even those hiding up in their rooms, feeling different, perhaps even isolated, weak or afraid. <coughs> we can do nothing of ourselves. It is God's gift alone that we become academics or missionaries, priests or politicians, economists or prophets, for our skills become so much more than their sum if they are surrendered to the Spirit of God. The grace of God becomes evident between a barrister who chases after illustrious cases and a resultant bounty, while another holds a free surgery for those who could never afford to defend themselves for a dozen unremunerated evenings a year, or perhaps a medic who eschews Harley Street and cosmetic capitalism for a hospital aptly named Hope, serving some of the least healthy people in the UK as a direct result of poverty, where five a day is far more likely to mean cigarettes than asparagus tips. The prophetic rallying cry in our reading tonight warns us of the temptation that Newman is so often falsely accused of, the seduction of focusing upon cotters instead of courage, liturgy instead of liberating the oppressed, purity, position, promotion instead of hope, faith and love, the greatest of all things and for which Newman strove with all his heart. He wasn't naive, he taught that good is never accomplished except at the cost of those who do it. Truth never breaks through except through the sacrifice of those who spread it. Just like our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified for choosing the true fulfilment of the law, the laying down of his life for all, over pharisaical religion that segregates, excludes, and denies what ought to be the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, not just in words, but in deed. <coughs>